Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Fizz Radio. Jaron May here with Matt Bonaparte. We have a jam-packed schedule for you on this edition of Fizz Radio. We're going to talk about Jim Beheim. He is ready to go and not afraid of COVID-19, but in the off chance that he doesn't, that he's not able to coach this upcoming season, who should take uh, who should take his reins and be the interim? We'll answer that question in just a little bit. We'll also look through the football schedule, predict a couple games, and see where Syracuse football stacks up in the ACC. We also have a very special guest coming on the show a little later, John Gillen, who formerly played for Syracuse University and is now representing Bayheim's Army in the basketball tournament that is set to kick off July 4th a week from today. And of course, we'll wrap up the show with Fizz Feedback. But before we get to all of that, let's go back to the start. Matt. Let's jump right into it. Jim Beheim, at age 75, is not afraid of COVID-19. He said, and I quote, I have no underlying conditions, I'm healthy, and I'm going to coach 100%. And if I was really nervous about it, I could coach from 20 feet away from my players without any problem. It's not even a concern for me. Even if it, even if it was more of a threat, I can't live like that. So Bayheim is ready to go. Do you think this is a smart move by him? I mean, it's a pretty bold move, anything, from a guy who's in an age group that has a larger risk than any, any, anyone else. Um, but, I mean, more power to him if, he, if he's that. Syracuse fans should look at this and say, all right, I'm pumped about this because that means he's, he's ready. He wants to win. Like, he, you know, he wants – to, he wants to be on the court like nothing's happened. He wants his team to win, and that's all that's in the front of his mind. That's how I would think of it as a Syracuse fan. And that's how I think you should take it as a Syracuse fan, as a huge positive note from the coach who still seems to be going, you know, like a bull these days. Maybe I'm just a little more timid with this whole coronavirus thing, especially with numbers spiking recently. Um, and with the report saying that this virus could speed up and we could see a second wave when the temperatures cool off towards the fall and winter, and that's exactly in basketball season. So my big worry is if one of these players, and you don't know, there could be an outbreak on Syracuse campus, and it could spread quickly before anyone finds out about it. If one of the players brings it into the practice facility or one of the assistant coaches or one of the team managers or any of the numerous people that Jim Beheim either comes in contact with or touches surfaces that they also touch, he could easily catch that. And again, like you said, he's at a higher risk. He's, at, he's, he's 75 years old. He's not these 19, 20, 21-year-old players that can get it and most likely live through it if they don't have pre-conditions pre, uh, that make it more difficult for them to be able to get through COVID-19. Beheim, he's healthy for his age, as at least that's what the reports say. But it worries me because, yes – I want him to coach. Obviously I do, but on the off chance that he does contract the virus, 
I care more about his life than the, the Syracuse basketball season this year, especially with the roster that they're going to put out on the floor um, in a couple months, because I don't think this season is going to be too great. And it's just, it scares me to think about Jim Beheim coaching in this environment. Well, if he doesn't coach and he does have to step down, Jaron, who do you think is going to step in as the interim? That's a good question. Um, there's two there's two choices in my mind. It's obviously Autry or it's GMAC. And I'm going to go with Jerry McNamara because he played in the system most recently. He's a young and innovative coach, and I think that's what you need. I don't think you need a Jim Beheim 2.0, and I think that's what Autry is. I think Autry obviously played at Syracuse, um, knows the system, has coached there a while, is technically the actual number two. He's McNamara is below him. So technically, if you're just going by ranking and hierarchy, you'd give it to Autry. But I think McNamara is a better choice. He relates more to the, to the, um, to the players. And he has just a better basketball brain, at least in my opinion. I think that for the simple reason that Autry's been watching Jim do it for so many years, he should get the job. Uh, he knows exactly how to run that system. And you say the team doesn't need Jim Beheim 2.0, but I think for the time being for one season, these guys know that system. They know how Jim coaches. And I think that's exactly what they need to try and get a successful season off. We've seen year in and year out, Jim try to get every last ounce of energy out of each one of his players and toughness and grit. And I think that Autry would bring the same thing. I'm not saying Jerry wouldn't, but I'm saying Autry would for 100%, and I know that. Yeah, but okay. But here's the thing. When you always – go ahead. To clarify, I don't think either of them would be a bad choice. But okay. if I had to choose, I would take Autry. Okay. And again, Jaron May here with Matt Bonaparte on Fizz Radio. Thanks so much for spending your Saturday morning with us. Uh, we're talking about Jim Beheim is 100% in on coaching, even though COVID-19 is still a real threat in America right now. Um, and now we're trying to answer the question, who should be the interim coach if Jim Beheim has to step aside for the entire season, for a handful of games, whatever it may be. Um, I think it's GMAC. Matt, you think it's Autry. Um, GMAC also adds something, at least in my opinion, that Autry doesn't. And I kind of alluded to it before. It's just that young brain. And you make a good point. If it's an interim and he's only going to come in for, let's just say, half the season, you don't really want to change things up too much. Autry's your guy. But GMAC has the young brain and I think could outcoach some of the ACC coaches because when you look at it, there are a lot of established coaches, but they're doing the same thing for 20 plus years. And if you bring in a new guy and you bring in a new system um, that can basically figure things out because number one, he coached or he played against these coaches and is now coaching against them. I just think that's that, that younger brain can really help out the program um, for a long-term solution so maybe, again, you're right if we're just talking short-term, but I really, really believe that, number one, Jerry McNamara should be the interim, and number two, I think he should be the next head coach after Jim Beheim calls it quits whenever that happens. Jaron, you're acting like Adrian Autry's 90 years old. They're only 12 years apart. Jerry's 36, Adrian is 48. It's not like he's a fossil. <laughs> 
the guy has young bones in him. I think he could uh, uh, adapt to any system that he'd need to. If the game changes, I think Adrian would catch up with it. I don't think that he's some old old head who's not going to change his, his okay. uh, heels. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's here's my questions, and I have a I have a line of questions. Number one, do you like the two three zone? Uh, I absolutely do like the two three zone. Do you think it works? I think it works with the right players in it. Do you want the two three zone to continue on after Jim Behan? Yes. Wow. Okay. And you want Autry. Because yeah, least, I do. I just said that. At least <laughs> at least in my opinion, I think Autry, like if Autry gets the job, he's gonna continue the two three. If if Jerry gets it, I don't think it he's going to. I think he's gonna change the program, make it into his own because he's gonna have the realm, the the reins and he can just take over and do whatever he wants. I really don't think Jerry's going to take take the team off a 2-3 zone. I hate to break it to you. Really? I really don't think that would happen. Why? Well, I'm saying I'm saying I kind of got off topic here. I'm not I talking don't, about interim. I'm talking about uh, for years to come. I know, but I don't think a guy who played four years in Jim Beheim's system doesn't subscribe to the 2-3 zone. I don't think that that would – I don't think that. If you're – going to start for Jim Beheim for four years like Jerry McNamara did and was such a pivotal part of that 03 championship and the three years afterward I really don't think he'd be like yeah screw the zone I'm not for that I want man-to-man I just don't think you I don't think that would happen I think if you use your brain and maybe I just use my brain too much uh you don't want to run the two three zone because if you're trying to prepare your players for the next level you, you play man-to-man, and that's why you see so many – and I, I know we're getting off on a tangent right now, uh, but that's why you see so many Syracuse players, NBA prospects, just fizzle out because, sure – There's, there's a defensive three-second violation. If there, was, if there was no defensive three-second violation in the NBA, a lot of teams would play zone. Okay, but there is. Are, you, are we going to try to yeah, challenge but, the, the they NBA had, rules right now? They, I don't think that the coach of Syracuse basketball is there to make sure his players are ready for the next level. He's there to win basketball games. And if you can use his own, why not? Okay. All right. Uh, Jaron May here with Matt Bonaparte on Fizz Radio. Matt, you want Autry. I want GMAC as the interim. I just thought of one more thing, and I want to go back to our very first topic here on Fizz Radio when we were talking about Bayheim. He's 100% in for coaching. My question for you is, even if he's 100% in, the numbers for coronavirus continue to rise or just stay level. Uh, It's still very dangerous, especially in the southern states like Florida, where there are opponents that Syracuse plays, a.k.a. Miami. If you're if you're Jim Beheim or if you're just an advisor to Jim Beheim, would you say and allow him to? And I don't think anybody actually gets to tell Jim Beheim what to do, but would you go on those road games in the places that are high risk for coronavirus? I mean, that's a tough question. I'm not a doctor, but I, I mean, I'd say if you were to go on those trips, you'd have to take a lot more precaution precaution than you did just going walking over to the dome. Um, I don't. I'm not sure of the the exact numbers, but I think it'd definitely be more risky for him. Okay, I wouldn't do it, and maybe that's what we see, and that's that's what makes me a little more comfortable because we started off this show uh, with me saying that I'm not comfortable with Jim Beheim coaching in a COVID era because I care more about his life than his than his coaching. 
Um, but maybe that's what we see. Maybe we see him coaching at home and someone else coaching for the away game. And he can coach some away games if they're in uh, like Boston College. Massachusetts is starting to slow down um, and they're on a downward trend for coronavirus. But then when you're in the high risk places like Miami, maybe you don't send Bayheim and maybe you have Autry or GMAC take over. In those situations, I think it would be Autry because technically he's the number two in the program. But maybe that's what we see. Maybe we would just see a handful of games. Autry takes over. Beheim is maybe on the phone in, in an earbud um, in Autry's ear telling him what to do. Who knows? Um, but that's at least my opinion on that. And that's our talk for basketball, at least for the start of this Fizz Radio. Uh, Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte will be right back after a break. And after that break, we're going to answer the question, how many wins does Syracuse football really get next season? Don't go anywhere. We got that answer right after this break. Back here on Fizz Radio, Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte on the score 1260. Thanks so much for spending your Saturday morning with us. We just talked about some Syracuse basketball. Now let's switch things over to Syracuse football. Now let's look at their schedule. And before we get into anything, there was some news that came out this past week that Syracuse, their home opener, is scheduled to be against Colgate on September 19th. That's Saturday, September 19th. But that might not be happening because the Patriot League, which Colgate is a member of, put in these guidelines this past week that mandate that all athletes in the general student body report to campus at the same time due to COVID-19. It's unlikely that non-athletes would be asked to come back early in August. So the much more realistic thing is that the athletes come back with the general student body, which means that there's very little wiggle room for them to get ready and for them to actually play on September 19th. So Syracuse might not have its own its home opener, the first game in that brand new dome. Um, I mean, that's just really disappointing to me, at least. I don't, I don't know about you, Matt. Yeah, I mean, for I mean, it's disappointing for for Syracuse fans, but also for the Colgate football team. I mean, that's just not enough time to get ready for a season if you're going to report that late to the field. Syracuse football is already up at the, the facility getting ready for the season, working out, meeting their new teammates, things like that. So to expect the team to come in and have to get ready in just a few weeks, that's just absolutely ridiculous. It makes no sense. I hate this ruling. And I know it's not really a, a sports-centric thing, and they, they want to care about their, their actual just general students. And I get all of that. I understand that. But what is so wrong with having the football team and the other athletes come up, put them in a bubble, clean everything before the, the, the students come back, and then just have a normal year. I don't, I don't understand this ruling. It makes no sense. And the most idiotic part about this is that if Colgate has to forfeit that game, Syracuse wins one to nothing. That's Which would be ruling. absolutely hilarious. That's That'd just be so, so stupid. Imagine looking down the schedule and looking at the schedule years down. If you're a Syracuse student – just like us on Fizz Radio, and you want to learn a little bit about Syracuse football, you look back at the 2020-2021 season, or just 2020, rather, and you look at versus Colgate, one to nothing. That's what? a shutout, baby. 
That's all I'm saying. Defense I mean, played well. It it pads the defense's stats, but it it kind of hurts the offense stats because technically that still goes in the books and that'll bring down your totals. I just think that's idiotic. I needed to get that off my chest. Uh, but let's dive deep into the actual schedule and look at a couple things. Again, Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte on Fizz Radio. Matt, I'll let you take it away. First game at Boston College, September 4th. It's a Friday night game. Um, what do you think about that one? All right, so here's what you got to think about when you're looking at Syracuse next season. First, let's look at where they were struggling the most last year. And, and without a offensive doubt, line. offensive line, the offensive, offensive line. Thank you, Jaron. Thank you, Jaron. I picked you. Yeah, good job. <laughs> uh, it's the offensive line. And did it get better? Uh, no, it really didn't. <laughs> it didn't get better at all. So I, I'm sitting here looking at the amount of absolute pummeling that Tommy DeVito had last year. 44 times he was sacked, most of any quarterback in the entire country. Uh, I don't think that's going to get better. So immediately you have to think about. I will say, I want to hop in here. When they moved Aaron Service to the blind side, they did uh, uh, not not much better, but they took a little step up. So hopefully. Yeah, we we saw that for a few games. They'll they'll keep him there and they'll hopefully be a little better. But go ahead. Here's the other thing you got to think about with this offense. You just lost Tristan Jackson, who far and away was the best receiver Syracuse had. So now you're looking at Taj Harris, Aaron Hackett, and Luke Benson being your primary receivers. That is not a good situation to be in. It just isn't. Uh, So Tommy DeVito is really going to have to take a step up with his vision. He threw so many stupid picks last season. He didn't (laughs) throw a lot of them, but every time he threw one, it was stupid. The amount of times he rolled left, rolled against his back shoulder – He's going to have to figure out how he can stay in the pocket for a few seconds, even if it's collapsing on him, just to get a pass off. On to the defense, there's really no linebacking core, and you lost your defensive line. Josh Black's the only guy who's coming back in there, and he's the only guy who's solid and we know is going to play well. So the defense isn't looking good either. You've got Trill, you've got Iffy, and you've got Cisco in the, in the secondary, which is solid. That's a solid secondary. As a fan, if you're a fan, I'd take that. It's pretty good. Let's actually look at the schedule now. Your first four games are against fairly weak opponents, Boston College away, Rutgers away, the Colgate game we talked about, and Western Michigan. Boston College, I think they actually do have a shot just because A.J. Dillon is no more. Um, But that defense with no tackling, I still think that's a loss. Rutgers, I think that's a win just because Rutgers is abysmal. I'm sorry if there's any uh, (laughs) Rutgers fans out there, but they're just abysmal. Uh, Colgate with the one nothing victory. I think that's probably something we're going to see. So they're off to two and one, maybe get some momentum into Western Michigan. I'll even say they take that game. They took it two years ago. They took it last year. I tell you, I'll say they take that. But then I think they lose every other game on the schedule. Liberty? Liberty? Yes. I think they to lose to Liberty? Liberty. I think there's a definite chance they lose to Liberty. Hold on. I think I, I genuinely believe that Matt. this team is going to be abysmal. Matt, what was the score against Liberty last year? It's not the same team, Jaron. It's not what the was same the score? team. Just tell me what the score was. The score was 24 to 0, and Hugh Thank Freeze you. was up in a hospital bed. Yes. You think that this team loses to Liberty at home on a family weekend? The only possible wins that Syracuse has after Western Michigan are Liberty and Georgia Tech, and I absolutely can see them losing both of those games. I think, okay. 
I think they beat Liberty. Let's just clear that out. I also think that they beat Georgia Tech, even though Georgia Tech – too much is, optimism, Jaron. Georgia Tech is a good team, but they have the – and let me, let me get this out there. Syracuse has one of the weakest schedules in the entire country this year. Fairly weak. Sure, I'm not sure of the actual stat, but I'm pretty sure they're at least in the bottom 5%. Georgia Tech – Yeah, well, they suck, so – Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech is, is I think, sixth in the country in, in strength of schedule um, and definitely first in the ACC. So Georgia Tech could get beat up throughout that if they're, I mean, they're playing really good competition. I think Syracuse could beat Georgia Tech. It's at home. It's homecoming. And again, there's probably not going to be fans in the stands. If there are, it's going to be very small. It's going to be very quiet. It's not going to be the loud house, but still, I think they take care of business with Georgia Tech. I also agreed with their earlier statements. No more A.J. Dillon. So Boston College, you're good. Rutgers, you're good. Colgate, you're good. If that happens, Western Michigan, you're good. Liberty, yes. Georgia Tech, yes. So right there, that gives me. You're telling me they got six wins? Yes. That gives no, me. You're wins. psychotic. No way this team wins six games. There's that... no way. Who is Tommy <laughs> DeVito throwing to? Who is he? Taj Harris. Yeah, Tosh Harris, yeah. But put two guys on him, see what happens. Aaron Hackett. Oh, my gosh. Aaron okay, put Hackett. two other guys on him. And then when the other team gets the ball, we don't have defenders. There's nobody that's going to tackle for this team. You okay? No, I'm not okay. This <laughs> team is going to be awful. Okay. Uh, that's your opinion. Now, let me, let, me, let me also clear this up. I think you're also – okay. Let, let's get to the losses. Louisville lost. Clemson lost. Wake Forest, they lost a lot of their talent from this past year. So they could – it's at Wake Forest, and yes, I understand. It's probably not going to be a win, but that could be iffy. NC State has been trash ever since they lost. Jaren, whoever Jaren, their, stop. Who, Jaren, hold stop. on, hold on, hold on. Who was their quarterback from two years ago? I, I, I can't think of his who name. Who are you talking about? What? Of NC State. He went on, and he's in the, he's in the NFL right now. I I'll can't think, remember. I'll think of it. I'll think of it. Florida State, I think, is a loss. At Pittsburgh, those are always tight games, but I think it's still a loss. So I think Jaren. that they get six wins. I Jaren. think six wins. I think that's very doable for this team. Um, Jaron, sit. Hold on. Take a sit. Take a breath, and think <laughs> about this. You're telling me the team that everybody watched be terrible last year got worse, and they're going to win six games. That's what you're telling me? Is that what you're telling me? Ryan Finley. Thank you. Ryan Finley. That's what you're telling me. That's what you're, okay. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> that is what I'm telling you. I think, and maybe I'm just optimistic, I think this team can pull out six wins, and that's purely not based on their talent. I think that's purely based on the weakness of their schedule because Boston College stinks. Rutgers the, the, stinks. So does Syracuse. Stinks. Western Michigan, not good. Liberty and Wake Forest or Georgia Tech. You Western can Michigan out. has given Syracuse a run for their money in the past two seasons. I think there's a definite chance Western Michigan wins that game. I just, I think you're wrong. I just really think that you are wrong because you have, you don't know what the Syracuse team is going to be. Yes. They, they don't have the same talent. As I, the think I, I think Listen, I know. I think I know. No, 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 no. Let me – I let you go on a rant. Let me go, go on ahead, a rant. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. You don't know what this team is going to be because, yes, again, they don't have as much talent. They lost a lot of their talent. But the most uh, – the, the majority of their offensive line returning, even though they weren't good, they get a little better and two brand-new coordinators. 
Oh, yeah. Coordinators are going to get it done, yeah. Mm -hmm. Coaching is what football is all about. Sure, you have yeah. Sterling yeah. Gilbert. Talent has nothing to do with it. Talent has nothing to do with it. Of all course it does. Of course it does. But still, Sterling Gilbert. You put me on the offensive three, line. If I got a good coach, I'll be an all-pro. Yeah, all right. 3-3-5 three, sure. three, defense, the fire ant. Oh, go ahead. Go out on orangefizz.net to look at all the, the scouting that we've done for that 3-3-5 three, three, fire ant defense. And, again, let me, let me break this down. Jaron May. All those great linebackers. On Fizz Radio. The whole point of the 3-3-5 defense is that you don't need good linebackers. You need a good secondary, and that's what Syracuse has. So you use the strength of Sterling Gilbert, and then you also have Tony White taking over the offensive side of things, and he's going to be better than what you had last year. You don't have the same amount of talent, but coaching can win you games. I, I disagree. When, when the talent six. level is this low – I but don't look think at this, coaching can do anything. Look at the opponent's talent level. The opponents are horrible. I think you are way overvaluing the level of Syracuse's play right now. And I think you are way over-evaluating, over let me put that correctly, over-evaluating the talent that Syracuse is going to go up against. I, no, I'm not. I think that they're playing pretty poor competition, but I just think they're worse than those teams. I seriously think that Syracuse has about three wins on the schedule this year. Three wins. And Boston to think College anything Rutgers, more Colgate. is a little bit lunatic. What? Boston College, Rutgers, Colgate, that's all you got? Yeah, five if you're lucky. Wow. Okay. And one right. of those is a, is, a, is a bye week to Colgate. Yeah, Colgate is a bye week. Whether they play it or not, it's a bye week. But, all right, hey, we got we to gotta, we gotta go to break here on Fizz Radio. Uh, but make sure you don't go anywhere because we have a very special guest right after this, John Gillian, or Gillen rather, of formerly Syracuse basketball and now Bayheim's Army of the basketball tournament will be joining us here on Fizz Radio. Don't go anywhere. We have Gillen right after this. Back here on Fizz Radio with Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte. And now we have our very special guest of the week, John Gillen, of formerly for Syracuse basketball, but now playing for Bayheim's Army in the basketball tournament that is coming up in just one week from today. John, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It should be a good couple minutes here on Fizz Radio with you. And again, we are very thankful for John Gillen joining us here on this episode of Fizz Radio. John, let's first start out with the obvious question. How confident are you in your team this year, Bayheim's Army, to win the basketball tournament and win it all? Uh, I always like to be very confident, but at the same time recognize that we're playing against good teams. So as good as we are, we have to come to play. Um, we have to treat every opponent the same, whether they won it last year, got close to winning, or didn't win a game. So um, that's kind of the mindset we're all coming in with. And, John, you guys have a couple new players this year, some Syracuse alumni, Chris McCullough, Malachi Richardson, and Tyler Lydon. What do these guys do for the team? Um, they bring us more chemistry. I actually was on the team with Chris McCullough in the G League. Uh, I got really cool with Malachi after college, even though he left Syracuse before I got there. Uh, we had the same basketball agent. And then Tyler Lydon was my old teammate. And that us partner with me, him, Andrew White, we have kind of our old team back. So 
three out of the five of our starting five. So um, that, that means a lot that they wanted to play and help the team out. So it just kind of feels like you guys are back on the, on the floor, back in the dome. Right, yeah. It, it feels like the old band is back. How does that chemistry help you out? Because a lot of these teams um, that come together for TBT don't have that type of chemistry, haven't played in college, in the B League, and wherever it may be. So how does that chemistry help you guys out and give you kind of a, a step up on the competition? It helps a bunch, man. Um, just having the confidence to know where you want to be, where knowing your teammates know where you want the ball, knowing how you play, just having that familiarity on the court, that, that's a huge advantage. People don't understand it's not all about who can get the most firepower, it's getting pieces that fit together. Because I, I can argue that the team that won it last year, the Ohio State team, didn't have the most firepower. But they all knew this guy plays this way, this guy's a hustle guy, this guy's the shooter, this guy's the point guard, and it kind of went that way and it, and it helped their team. And I think that's the most important thing. All these teams have – I saw some teams with great players and they lose early because there's not enough ball to go around. Everyone wants to take all the shots. Everyone thinks they're the star. This is not a tournament for that. It's a team-oriented kind of small ball type of game. So you talk about how important chemistry is for any team. What's the biggest thing that uh, Bayheim's Army needs to focus on this time around, and what are you going to personally focus on in your game this time around? Um, I'm, I'm just going to be more aggressive from uh, start to finish, and that's not just with trying to score the ball. That's with just getting paint touches and just having the pace fast. Um, I think that's what I could bring to the team this year. Uh, what was the first question again? So what does Army focus on uh, going into this tournament other than the and, and then I, I think just finding our roles and find, I think that will be what will help us. Like like I said, everyone can't try to score every play, even though we all need to be aggressive, take open shots. But just buying into putting the team first, I think that'll take us a long way. John Gillen joins us here on Fizz Radio. Uh, played for Syracuse basketball from 2016 to 2017 and now joining Bayheim's Army, not for the first time, but has, has played on the team for a couple years already. John, we continue and we look at the tournament that's coming up in a week. Um, Bayheim's Army was given a three seed in a first round bye when you look at the schedule. Um, do you think that that's a fitting seeding for you guys? Do you want to be any higher? Do you think that maybe there are a couple teams below you that deserve to be above you? Where do you think? No, I think that's about right. I mean, overseas elite in Ohio State were great teams. So, they, I mean, they deserve, I think, to be ahead of us. They've, they've done better than us every year. I, I believe in earning things and I think we've been a consistent, so we got a good seating. I think we deserve a bye, and I think we just need to make the most of that. Going back to uh, the, the chemistry you guys have on the court, playing in college and all that, what are the differences, similarities of playing in the TBT? That well, hold on. What was that last part? What is the differences and similarities of playing in the TBT and playing in college ball? Um, I think just being able to stand in the paint. I, I played overseas this year, but the two years prior, my first two years playing professionally, um, I played in the G League. So mm -hmm. you couldn't stand in the paint. 
So this kind of brings back a college field because you can camp the paint. You can uh, play a zone like how we play. You can have your big man in there. And it slows the game down when you play that way. Like in the G League, it's a much more more possessions. Um, and then also you're playing people you played in college. It's college. So it, it brings back that feel, which is all older. John Gillen again here on Fizz Radio. And John, um, as Bayheim's Army, you represent Syracuse University and the entire Syracuse area. What does it mean to have that on your shoulders and on your team shoulders? Um, you always want to carry yourself to the best of your ability anywhere you go. You always want to leave everything out on the court because you're representing things that are bigger than yourself. Uh, I feel like um, just with your responsibilities as a player, you're representing your old coaches. Like, I feel like I'm representing all the coaches that recruited me, Coach Beheim, you know, Audrey G-Mac. Like, I mean, they wouldn't – Coach Hop, they wouldn't like seeing us not play hard. And, and G-Mac would roll over and he, he, he would hate it. So, I mean, it's our responsibility to play as hard as we can the whole – from start to finish. That's That's just the status quo. And, John, how comfortable are you playing basketball with a group of guys coming from here, there, and everywhere in the current COVID-19 conditions? Um, maybe I'm not as scared of that as, you know, some people have been. I have been taking precaution because, obviously, you can't have it to, you know, play in this tournament. Um, but I, just staying safe, like I said, things are bigger than you I, I could be fine because I'm young and but I could go and give it to somebody else that who has a compromised immune system so just kind of taking precautions for the betterment of other people and not just myself is kind of the approach that I've been taking John mm -hmm. Gillen here of on Fizz Radio who's also a player for Bayheim's Army in the upcoming TBT tournament that is set to kick off in one week from today and, John, uh, what one team, when you look at the schedule, when you look at all the teams in the tournament, what one team scares you the most and, think, and you think will give you the most trouble getting past? Oh, well, to be clear, I don't think there's a team, if we're playing together and we're hitting on all cylinders, that can beat us. Will we play like that? I think that's my biggest fear. I don't think – there, I know I'm not answering your question, but there's not a team that I see that I'm like, oh well, these guys scare me. I don't, I'm, I don't fear anybody on a basketball court. Uh, we played overseas elite in the final four of my first year, and we were only, we only lost by like four or five. You know what I mean? So, and they had won it every year. We were right there, and we were beating them at first. Um, every team we've been in the game when, when we've lost, and it, it was we, we haven't had great games. I think this year. We have more rebound, and I think Tyler Lydon for us is going to be really big. Uh, I know his basketball IQ is a big, that's mobile. I think we, we were missing that in other places. We had more traditional big men, not that they weren't good, but they were more traditional, and I think this tournament is more for small ball, so we can have a guy that can kind of stretch the court and a guy that can uh, rebound as well. Shifting from your opponent to your teammates, and you mentioned Tyler Lydon, who do you think on Bayheim's Army is going to be most impactful this time around? Uh, most impactful? Um, 
I think Chris is pretty promising this year. I think Malachi could be big for us. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just depends on the situation everybody's put in. Because, I mean, we have so many weapons. You can't just focus on one person. So how, whatever the defense gives us, I think on that night, that person can, um, you know, help. But I think what we were lacking is kind of the – we got out-rebounded a lot. So I think one of our bigs and Tyler Lydon or Chris, those are going to be our X factors. Cool. John Gillen of Bayheim's Army joins us here on Fizz Radio. TBT is set to kick off in a week from today. And, John, last question for you. Uh, you just talked about some of the teams that you're not really too worried about because you're confident in your squad. You talked about some of the players on Bayheim's Army. But let's think about the entire tournament. What one player do you think could bring home tournament MVP, whether that be from Bayheim's Army or from a different team? Uh, tournament MVP. We win it all. Ooh, man, I think I might have to take it home for us, man. All right. MVP. Okay. There you go. John Gillen says he's going to be tournament MVP of the basketball tournament. $1 million at stake. It kicks off July 4th, a week from today. John, thanks so much for joining us here on Fizz Radio. Thanks for having me. That was John Gillen of the Bayheim's Army of the Basketball Tournament. Again, that is set up for next Saturday, July 4th. Bayheim's Army has a bye in the first round, so they are automatically moving on to the second round, and just one win gets them to the quarterfinals. Don't go anywhere. After the break, we'll get to Fizz feedback, so just take a little breath, and we'll be right back. Wrapping up here on Fizz Radio, a big thank you to John Gillen for joining us. Uh, again, the basketball tournament kicks off a week from today on July 4th. Bayheim's Army is the three seed, already has a first round bye, so they will be playing in the second round. Make sure you go out and support them, watch their games, support them on Twitter and what have you. But Matt, before we go, Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte here on Fizz Radio. Let's get to Fizz feedback like we do every week here on the score 1260 from 9 to 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings in our first Fizz feedback who will be the most impactful player for Bayheim's Army in the tournament? Um, I put out Malachi Richardson, Chris McCullough, Eric uh, Devendorf, and John Gillen. Um, who do you got? Uh, I'm a Malachi Richardson homer, and I will always pick my boy Molly the King. So uh, it's got to be Malachi for me. I mean, when he played for Syracuse back in that Final Four run, he was absolutely lights out from distance. He got to the NBA in the Raptors system and in the, in the Kings system. Didn't really play that much there, fizzled out. But I, I got to tell you, he's, his athleticism and his shot never leaves him. I think it's going to be a huge, huge addition for the for Bayheim's Army in the tournament this year. All right, I'm going with Malachi Richardson as well. Uh, he is also winning in the votes. He has 39. Uh, Devendorf is second with 28%. Chris McCullough comes in with 18, and John Gillen 
with 15% of the vote. Malachi Richardson wins that one. Um, I just, I, I would reiterate everything that you said, so let's not spend any time there. We have just a couple more minutes here on Fizz Radio with Jaron May and Matt Bodapart. Our next Fizz feedback, Jim Bayheim says he's 100% coaching this season, but on the off chance that he doesn't, who should be the interim head coach? We talked about this earlier. I'm a GMAC guy, you're an Adrian Autry guy. And more people agree with you. Adrian Autry, 57% of the vote. McNamara getting 39. Alan Griffin getting a small but sizable 4% of the vote. Uh, thoughts on that, Matt? I mean, yeah, we talked about it before. It's got to be Autry for me. Uh, we also have a couple comments here. Q's Jersey Collector says, how can you vote for anyone but Autry? So I guess Thank you, Q's Jersey me. Collector. Someone knows what's up. Uh, Q's Orangeman 44. Will you do similar polls for other sports and teams as well? That's okay. We did it. We'll get to it. And then finally, our last comment here, Alfred Swerdowski. Uh, he says, Rob Murphy or Troy Weaver? Why are these guys never talked about as possible replacements? I need to get this off my chest, and I'll try to be as quick as possible as we are wrapping up here on Fizz Radio. Rob Murphy was used to be a, a assistant coach here at Syracuse, but now is the head coach with the East with Eastern Michigan. Okay. So why would he leave a head coaching job, quit his job for an interim coach at Syracuse University? And then Troy Weaver. Troy Weaver is the Detroit Pistons general manager. Why would you leave an NBA team being a GM to coach interim? For Syracuse basketball and why would Syracuse basketball offer either of those guys when they have Autry and McNamara on their bench it makes absolutely no sense so I'm sorry Alfred you're wrong buddy I don't matter if I don't know if you want to say anything to I that mean, it just sounds to me like you've made an enemy in Alfred Swerdowski so watch uh, out I'm, Jaren. I'm sorry Alfred but that was just wrong all right uh last fizz feedback um Dino Baber same situation he's coaching but in the off chance he can't who would you want to be in the interim? Sterling Gilbert wins it with 51%. I went Sterling Gilbert as well because I think they need an offensive-minded guy. I think that uh, – or, or rather defensive uh, uh, kind of guy, and he kind of helps you out there. Matt, how about you? I mean, I honestly think it could go any way. I could see Sterling Gilbert getting the job and, and being successful. And I could see Tony White getting the job and being successful as well. Uh, as you know from listening previously, I don't have any faith in this team. So I don't really think it matters. I think they're going to lose regardless. Okay. All right. Well, hey, um, that was a pretty fun show. Uh, you're going to say that they're going to lose regardless. Uh, also, let me just wrap up here um justin lustig also got 23 percent of the vote if we round up sterling gilbert 51 percent tony white 25 percent um and a measly two percent to chris hf um so that's gonna do it for this episode of fizz radio thank you all so much for tuning in a couple shout outs again Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte on fizz radio a special thank you to john gillen for joining us on this episode um and of course everyone thank you all so much for tuning in everyone stay safe stay healthy we'll see you back here next saturday again from 9 to 10 a.m on the score 1260 but for now we'll sign off everyone have a nice day